you need to be filled. You need to be filled. Uh, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, and then as soon as I finish reading it, we're going to dive all the way in. Starting in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. If you're on the Version Bible app, you'll notice that um, the verses aren't there in there. Like, you'll have to go find them yourself because one of the things I realized I was doing was teaching you to be dependent on a screen, and I want you to know how to navigate through the scriptures. So Acts chapter 2. Verse 1, that's where we're going to start. We're going to, as I said, we're going to read a lot of scripture. It's going to be up on the screen, as well as this. I want you, I want to encourage you. Uh, after this summer, I want you to start bringing your Bible with you. If you're going to camp, you need to bring your Bible to camp. Why? Because there's nothing better than having God's word in your hand. Because for some of you, the only Bible that you have is on your phone. And if your phone dies, your Bible dies. And we don't need that to happen. So Acts chapter 2, if you're there, say yeah. If you're not, say hold up. I heard one hold up. One hold up. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And it says this. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of, of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled. Somebody say, filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Somebody say ability. Verse 5, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Verse 7, they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Verse 11, and all we, he we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other, but others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they're just drunk. That's all. And then Peter stepped up. He stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. All of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Verse 16. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Verse 18. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift. Somebody say the gift. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Last verse, for this promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us, fill us, empower us, be with us, be in us, give us spiritual gifts in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You can grab a seat in the presence of God. <clears throat> As I said already, the title of this message is Be Filled for my note takers. And I want to start by giving you this statement. I want to tell you uh, something I believe to be true. And it's a phrase that I think you should use in your life. And it's simple. This phrase is this. If it's in the Bible, then you need it in your life. If it is in the Bible, then you need it in your life. Pastor Will, what do you mean by this? 
this is my biblical stance on gifts. This is my biblical stance on healings and any other promises in God's word. If it is in the Bible, then I need it in my life. So let me help you with this further. The spirit of God is inspired by the word of God. Or excuse me, the spirit of God inspired the word of God. Therefore, I trust that what's in his word is vital for my life. In fact, I'll say it this way. This is his book. The Bible is his book. The Bible is the book that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you may need some Bible for that. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says all scripture is God breathed. That means he breathed the very scriptures we read. All scripture is God inspired. Second Peter chapter one, verse 20. It says, first, you must understand this. No prophecy in scripture is a matter of one of one owns one's own interpretation. No prophecy ever originated from humans. Instead, it was given by the Holy Spirit as humans spoke under God's direction. This is why there are a lot of things in the Bible that I don't understand, but that, that doesn't mean I don't believe them. Let me explain it this way. There may be some things that you read in your Bible that, that you don't understand. That doesn't mean you don't have to believe them. I believe that everything in the Bible is true, even if I don't understand it. What do I mean by this? Because the Bible was never meant to be understood in our head. It was meant to be received in our hearts. It was a deeper thing. It was God trying to speak our language. He was trying to communicate his truths to our heart. That is why I believe God must be experienced, not just simply explained. Again, if it's in the Bible, then I need it in my life. And let me say it this way. If you only believe in the Bible what you like and you don't believe what you don't like, you are saying that you're better than God. I'll say it again. If you only believe in the Bible what you like and don't believe what you don't like, you are saying that you know better than God. You're saying that you could have wrote the Bible better, that you trust and believe in yourself more than you trust and believe in our God. And let me just give you a picture. There are 64,000 cross-references in the Bible. I don't know if you realize that's a lot. And this book that we read was written by over 40 different authors, over three different continents, over a 1,500-year period, and it all has one common theme, one central figure, and it points to one central message. It's all about Jesus. You cannot tell me that this Bible was not inspired by the Holy Spirit. If it's in the Bible, I need it in my life. We need the gifts of God, we need the fruit of the Spirit, and we need the Holy Spirit. So today we're talking about spiritual gifts, and for some of us that brings excitement, and for others of you that brings confusion. Because we started out this message talking about who the Holy Spirit is, that he's the third part of the Trinity, that he's uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about power. This week we're talking about presence. We're talking about gifts. We're talking about the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. And for those of you that get excited, that's good. But for those of you that get confused, I want to make sure we bring clarity. Because the enemy put the focus on one gift as a result, it made us think that the Holy Spirit is weird. That's just like Satan to demonize one gift and try to shrink the Holy Spirit into one thing because we made one gift seem really, really weird. And the gifts are not weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Matter of fact, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, you weird. Just <laughs> say it like you mean it. Say, you weird. Like you, matter of fact, say it this way. Say, you're a weirdo. Because some of you... <laughs> you know you're different. So what we're going to do is debunk some lies. We're going to clarify the truth on what spiritual gifts are, how they are to be used, why we should desire them. And before we dive in, I want you to write this down. God is a gift giver. 
God is a gift giver. He gives gifts. Luke eleven thirteen. as bad as you are, you still know how to give good gifts to your children, but your heavenly father is even more ready to give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, God doesn't take back the gifts he has given. He's not just a good giver. He's not just a person, a God who gives. He's the best giver. And when he gives you a gift, he doesn't take it back. When he gives you a gift, he, he, he gives you a gift. He leaves it in your hands. He lets you use it. He gave us the gift of Jesus, who gave us the gift of salvation, who gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, who brings conviction, who leads us into all truth and gives us God's personal presence here on the earth. God the Father gives, God the Son gives, and God the Holy Spirit gives. God is a gift giver. Number two, somebody say number two. The Holy Spirit is a giver and a filler. The Holy Spirit is a giver and a filler. The Holy Spirit isn't just a giver. He's also a filler. Pastor Will, what do you mean by this? Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. Somebody say filled. Come on, somebody say filled. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit filled the house before he filled the people. The Holy, the Holy Spirit isn't just a giver. He's a filler. Before he filled the people, he filled the house. And you need to know that he's a filler because Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, The Spirit gives us power, love, and self-control. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says, The Spirit gives life. 1 John 4, 13 says, He has given us of his Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, There is only one Spirit who does all these things by giving what God wants to give to each person. The Holy Spirit is a giver and a filler. The Father is a filler. And I want you to write this down. Number three, we are formed to be filled. We are formed to be filled. I know this isn't one of these messages where you're like, Pastor Will, you know, I feel like you're speaking to my situation. This makes me feel good. This makes me feel better. It's not about making you feel better. It's about helping you live better. You were formed to be filled. You were formed so that God could pour himself inside of you. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the earth. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. That verse could actually be read this way. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 would say, God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the spirit of God, the breath of life, into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. John 20, verse 2020. 20, John 20, verse 22, is actually a, a, a variation of Genesis 2-7. This is when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5-18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, be filled. See, when I hear the words, be filled, I think about all the things that God has filled. In Genesis, he created galaxies and filled them with stars and planets. He created the earth and filled it with animals and fish and vegetation and life. He created us and filled us with purpose. He created us and filled us with the breath of life because God fills everything he creates because it has no meaning, it has no significance, it has no purpose without the Holy Spirit being inside of it. You have no purpose in your life if you do not have the presence of the Holy Spirit inside your body. 
The reason you see so many people walking through life aimlessly is because they have not allowed the God, the creator of all, to fill them with his personal presence called the Holy Spirit. And God only resides in structure. So the only time you see the Holy Spirit hovering in the Bible is because there was no structure for him to dwell in. Go back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. It says, and the earth was formless and without void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. The only time you see the Holy Spirit hovering is because God had yet create, he had yet to create a space for the Holy Spirit to dwell. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, he gets to a place where he breathes the breath of life into man, and they become a living person. It says the Spirit of God was hovering. So as God continues to speak, the Holy Spirit begins to create. Let me explain that practically in your life. As God speaks things over your life from his word, the Holy Spirit makes things happen in your life. It is the Holy Spirit that is constantly moving still on this earth. And we need the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled. Somebody say be filled. This is why, this is what I love about the Holy Spirit. Because he's a giver and a filler. And in Genesis chapter 2, God tells the first humans he filled to fill the earth with his glory. Go back and read your Bible. He he tells tells Adam and Eve, he says, you're blessed. Now be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue the earth. Fill it with my likeness because he's a filler. And he needs us to help him fill the earth. He blessed them and filled them so that we could fill the earth. The reason you're walking around thinking that other people are empty is because maybe believer, maybe young Christian, you're not doing your part to fill God's earth with God's presence. How selfish of us to sit in services and hear the gospel over and over again and refuse to share the good news of the gospel with other people. Now watch this. I need you to know something that everybody in this room is filled with something. Everybody in this room is filled with something. You're full of something right now. Some of you, you're full of yourselves. You're full of yourselves, full of pride. Some of you, you're full of anger and bitterness and hurt and vitriol. For some of you, like, I don't know that word. It's just unforgiveness and frustration and this disdain towards people. Some of you, you're so full of hurt that you don't think you'll ever be healed. And the thing is about us is we are people looking to be filled. We are longing for something to fill us up. And our world offers us fillers. For example, most fast food places are trying to fill you up for cheap. That's why some of you, you go to McDonald's and you ball out on the dollar menu. They just want you, you, you want to be filled. You want something to fill you. On social media, the reason you're stuck on social media is because it is filled with content that tries to fill up your time. For some of you, your music is filled up with beats and lyrics to fill you up with emotions. Some of you are in relationships that don't fill you up. You literally are with people that just want to fill on you, and we need to fix these things. The world provides fillers, but even though we have access to all these fillers, isn't it interesting that out of all these things we think that will fill us up, they always end up leaving us wanting more because it never lasts. All these things you run to, you think are going to continually fill fill you up. They're going to make you feel better and never last. All the things we mentioned, money, food, music, feelings, relationships, sex, 
None of that lasts because the truth is you will now, you and I will always need to be filled again. Because even though you got filled, you will need to be filled again. You cannot eat one time and live the rest of your life full. I wish, I wish it was this way. I wish I could fill my gas tank up one time and I never had to fill it up again. I wish that was the case. I, I, I wish there were certain things. I wish I could drink one sip of water and never be thirsty again. I wish that was the case. But every time you run to these things, you will have to be filled again. No matter how good it is, no matter how good it feels, you still have to be filled again. And for believers, the Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he changes you. Pastor Will, how does he change me? He changes you in three ways. Number one, the Holy Spirit changes the way you walk. He changes the way you walk. What, what do you mean by this? How, how do you mean he changes the way I walk? Galatians 5, 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not... You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I can tell when young people are walking in the spirit because you don't gratify sinful nature. Things don't make you as mad. People don't make you as mad when you're walking by the spirit. He changes the way you walk. Here's another one. He changes the way you talk. Matthew 12, 34. We've we've said this verse before. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For example, when, you, when people get on your nerves and you want to go off on them, the Holy Spirit is the one that will remind you. He'll be like, ah, 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 don't say that. Don't finish that sentence. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you stop saying what you won't say. You stop saying what you want to say and you start saying what he wants you to say. The Holy Spirit changes the way you talk. That means he'll change what you post. He'll make you think about it. That means he gets to a place where he, he, he wants you to, he, he, what he wants you to say doesn't sound like a clapback that you want to give back to people. It doesn't sound like the attitude that you're used to giving people. It doesn't sound like those cuss words that you use around everybody else. But then you come in here and act like you don't cuss, like you're not a closet cusser. And no, most of us, we get a little uncomfortable, like, please don't look at me. We know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you stop talking to your parents and your guardians the way you used to because he changes the way you talk. What the Holy Spirit wants to say through you doesn't sound like the DM you want to send and the message you want to text. He doesn't just change the way you walk. He changes the way you talk. So when you get ready to send that text message, hey, girl, what you doing? Young lady, you should text back being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm doing. We got to get to a place where we want to be filled. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it means you let him lead and guide your life. And Paul is saying, if you will give your life to the filling of the Holy Spirit, your life will be marked by by the fruit of the Spirit, by his character, by the truth of God's word, by his behavior, and by everything that, that is him, it will come out of you. And you'll start forgiving people that you swore that you'll hate for the rest of your life. You'll start being generous to people that you swore you'll never talk to again. You'll start praying for people that used to talk about you. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he changes the way you talk. Somebody say, be filled. I get it, man. This is uncomfortable. I talked to the class of 2023 at Dothan High School this Tuesday. And I, I get it, man. You know, it's, this isn't the cool thing to do on a Wednesday night. It's not famous. It's not popular to post on social media that you're a follower of Jesus. It's not cool to go to your school and talk about Jesus. It's it's not the cool thing to do. I'm not asking you to do the cool thing. I'm asking you to do the hard thing. 
to be marked by an infilling of the spirit that changes your family forever. That changes your destiny for eternity. Because I know some of you, you're tired of being filled with shame because it's ruining your life. You're tired of being filled with shame because it's ruining your relationships. I know for some of you, you're tired of being filled with hate because it's so exhausting, spending all this emotional energy trying to hate someone that doesn't even know they hurt you. So angry, you're so bitter, and I see it in your eyes, I see it in your face. Aren't you tired of being tired from looking at the same thing over and over every night, being bound by something that Jesus has already set you free from? I would be tired of it, and I hate looking at a generation that's tired. Being filled with low self-esteem. Not because you don't think highly of yourself, because you think wrong of yourself. I'm not talking about pride. I'm not talking about false humility. I'm talking about having these false ideas about who you are because you have no clue who you are. Being filled with lust. Being filled with suicidal thoughts. I, I don't know what it's like to be you, but I know what it's like to watch young people who, who literally, figuratively, ball into a fetal position because they cannot get outside of their mind. In this overwhelming sense of pressure. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. He changes the way you walk. He changes the way you talk. The Holy Spirit changes the way you act. I know when you're being filled by the Holy Spirit because your life moves different. You act different. I'm not talking about behavior modification. Pastor Will, what do you mean by that? I'm not talking about you acting like a Christian. I'm talking about you acting like you're filled with the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's a, it's a different act. It's a different behavior. It's a different way. I can tell when young people are actually operating under the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit because they act different. Philippians 2.13, for it is good, is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Only the Holy Spirit has the power to make the changes God wants to make in our lives. I've seen people act a fool because they're full of pride. I mean, I, I know y'all seen this. You, I know we're going into summer break, and those of you who are happy, that's great. You should be happy that school's over. You should be excited. You should be excited, number one, because you don't have to hang around those crazy people anymore. But I know you've seen people that are just full of pride, full of em envy, full of jealousy. And you watch them make fools of themselves every day. And I'm not, I'm not naive. I, I know that some of those people are you. You're sitting in this room and you think making a fool of yourself, it, in your mind you think that makes you look cool. No, it, just, it really just makes you look foolish. And it does, no, it does nothing to advance your popularity. It does no, nothing to advance your reputation. It literally just makes you look embarrassing. And the Holy Spirit wants you to be filled. Because when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you carry yourself differently. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's a boldness and a confidence that's on you. I've said this before. I want to say it again. Confidence looks like arrogance to the insecure. Could it be said about youth first that we are so filled with a confidence, with a Godfidence, that people look at us and our confidence makes insecure people feel uncomfortable? And then we're so full of God, we're so full of the Spirit that we can look at them and say, hey, you really need to let go of that insecurity. Because I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. I don't know if you want to know secrets or not, but I, I feel like you need to know this secret. The root to insecurity 
is pride. The root to insecurity is pride. Most people don't want to tell you that. No, Pastor Will, it's just I think I got a really big nose. That's really, that's my insecurity. I think I got a big nose. No, you think in your mind that God made you wrong. Well, Pastor Will, you know, if I had both parents in my life, I would be further along. You know, all the other 15, 16-year-olds, they get a brand new car. They got a new truck. They got a BMW. And I got a Pinto. If you would have, the, really, the reason you have that insecurity is because what you're actually saying is, God, you made me be birthed to the wrong family. But if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you stop thinking that way. In fact, you start saying things like this. God, thank you for allowing me to change the financial history of my family. Use me to break a generational curse so that I can, I can bless my kids, so that I can bless my grandkids, so that I can bless my nieces and nephews. In fact, Holy Spirit, give me creative ideas and wisdom so that I not only bless the generations after me, so that I can bless the generations before me, so I can bless my mom and my dad, so that they can realize I can take care of them in a way they never could take care of me. Y'all, I'm so filled with the Holy Spirit. My mom and my family came to church with me for Mother's Day. I'm so filled with the Holy Spirit that I, real, I when I look at them, I realize what I'm healed from. Because the same things that they still struggle with, I've been set free from. And I say over myself, and I say to them as carefully as I can, I'm not prideful about it, I'm not arrogant about it, I say as carefully as I can to my family how to navigate some of the struggles that I had to get out of because I refuse to take the generational baggage from my family into my family with Lindsay and I, and into my kids, and into my kids' kids, and I refuse to stand on stages like this and project on you struggles that I had. I want us to be filled. Somebody say be filled. It's not that you don't know who you are. You don't know who's in you. It's not that you don't know who you are. You have no idea of the God that is in your life, believer. You think all the things that God wants to do is, you think the biggest thing that God wants to do is to keep you out of hell. No, he wants you, he wants to use you to bring heaven to earth. He wants you to be so filled that the moment you walk into the cafeteria, people confuse that your presence in the cafeteria, they're like, oh, there's an aura about you. They don't realize you brought the you brought the king of kings presence into your cafeteria, that you brought God's presence onto your school bus, that you brought the presence of the Holy Spirit into your house. There has to be something in us that we carry everywhere we go.